It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am very excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Vicki Gottfried. She is the CMO of Avention. Some people might know them as formerly as One Source a few years ago. Vicki, welcome to Accelerate. Andy, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. My pleasure. So, looking forward to this. So, take a minute, introduce yourself, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started in business, and how you got to where you are now. Great. Thanks. So, I am, as you said, the CMO of Avention, uh, which is a company and contact business data company, and have been here for a couple of years. Prior to that, I had a long career in marketing, both from B2B side and the B2C side, um, and have really been focused on aligning with different groups within organizations, whether they're sales or whether they're product, to deliver really revenue and growth to a pretty wide range of companies. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about Avention, just so people understand what Avention does. Yep. So so we are uh, a B2B data company. So we are, offer applications uh, for essentially both salespeople and marketing folks to drive revenue and growth. Um, those those in, in the way of both company and contact information. Um, so again, you know, from a practical standpoint, if a salesperson is looking to go after a certain company, we offer company and contact information to help them be successful and grow their business. So if you were a salesperson and you were getting a subscription to iSell, let's say, so what would you get? Yes. You would get an application, a desktop application that would allow you to very easily and effectively get all the information that you need to be successful to go after your both your new accounts and your customers in the way of simple, simple uh, user interface desktop solution to give you SWOT analysis, company information, information about uh, contacts within the company, everything that you should need from from a very simple approach to go after that company and to be successful in growing your revenue. And then if you're a subscriber, I guess based on your plan, you can export that information into a sales development platform or something? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Make it very easy connect to, uh, obviously, to uh, all, all the platforms that you would need to. Okay, excellent. All right. So let's, let's talk about trends in enterprise sales. Because you guys, I think, primarily f- you know, are focused on enterprise sales uh, and who you're supporting. Oh, and- yeah, we're actually focused on both enterprise as well as small, medium business. Okay. Um, right. So we've got both of them. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about enterprise to start with. So, so in 2017, where we are as we're talking is one of the big trends is account-based. Well, I'll call it account-based everything. I don't. That's not my term. I think developed by John Miller at Engageo, but account-based everything. So account-based marketing, account-based sales, account-based sales development. Uh, had uh, Lars Nilsson from Cloudera on the show talking about their account-based sales development uh, process they use. So, so why should companies be paying attention to this trend? 
So it's a great question. Um, and, and I think from our perspective, you know, selling has gotten harder. Um, selling has gotten more difficult. And I think the, the goal of account-based marketing sales, everything, is to target the best accounts and essentially create messaging and tactics so that you can be successful in terms of closing those accounts and, and essentially getting to the bottom of the funnel. Um, so from, from our perspective, we have, a, we have a great solution, which is allows people to do what we call the art of the start, which is really focused on which are the accounts that you should go after from a sales standpoint. Um, and then working, obviously, as I said, in, uh, between marketing and sales to create uh, collaborative programs that allow sales to focus on those key accounts and then deliver messages and deliver campaigns that will maximize the opportunity within that account. So I think it's grown really because it has gotten more challenging and it gives us very much a way to align with marketing and to get the right messages to the right people to drive the most revenue. So what it's talking about in account-based selling and account-based marketing, account-based everything, just uh, I'm just going to stay with that, is, is, and John and Craig Rosenberg can pay me royalty on that. So is, uh, you know, you're, you're creating marketing messages specific to an account. You're creating sales messaging specifically to an account opportunity. And I think this is, and it's not something that, you know, you're just creating one message or one value proposition or one marketing message we're going to spread across our entire prospect pool. But no, what we're saying is we're paying specific attention. We have specific messaging and strategies for this account. Exactly. So, so in reality, I think we all know that it's, it's, it's getting increasingly difficult to break through into, to any person, right? The challenge of, you know, everyone's got a full box of email everyone's got uh, lots and lots of lots of messages that come into them very very difficult to get through to any prospect account based marketing really focuses on getting the right message to the right person so to increase the likelihood that they're actually going to take your message in so again that message should be very specific to meeting the needs of the account but also to meeting the needs of the actual person that you're you're going after so it's very targeted Right. And so in a, a tool like Avention is going to be used, as you said, both by sales and marketing, both start with marketing, is they're going to use this information to say not only necessarily who we may target within this account, but also what are they interested in? What are they, where are the discussions they're having? What are the things going on within the company? Uh, trigger points, for instance, I know one of the things you focus on so that we can create this messaging that's going to capture their attention. Absolutely. So, you know, for our, for my marketing team, and we're obviously, you know, walking the walk and doing account-based marketing ourselves. And so my team that looks at account-based marketing uses our tool and they go after they target a certain account, they look through triggers, they look through news alerts, they look through company information, they look through uh, earnings reports and all sorts of things to try and understand what's important to this company. What is it that are some of the key drivers? What are some of the key strategic initiatives? What are the things that are most important to this company so that they can use those as a way to create messages that will, that will uh, be interesting and be un understood by that account? Well, and then do, the, do you then also then sort of matrix that against you know, various job responsibilities? Because, again, it's not a single 
you know, and again, one of the key hallmarks of account-based marketing is is you're not single point of entry in terms of how you're trying to you know get a customer's attention. Is you're actually going to look at the people who could be involved with that decision based on job titles and so on, and message them as well. Absolutely. So within marketing, you would most likely have a different level message for a CMO than you would for the director of demand generation. Exactly. Even though it's the same organization, the sort of the, the triggers or the levers that a de- director of demand generation is going to respond to are different than those that a CMO would. Very different, again, than a head of sales operations. And again, within the sales organization, the same. If you're looking at, you know, at the, the head of the department, the messages are going to be different than, than a sales rep. Um, so each of those people, you need to understand who the decision makers are and how the buying process works. But then getting that key targeted message to the right person at the right time is really the value of an account-based marketing program. Right. And you're not relying on the salespeople to come up with these things themselves. No, but I think what's critical is that the marketing and sales teams are aligned. So the messages, you hope, open the door, but then the follow-up by the salesperson is what's really important. So at the end of the day, we're all selling to people, and getting the awareness and the information to the people is critical, but ultimately having that be aligned with the salespeople who actually make the phone calls and try and you know try and try and get uh, a contact with 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 a buyer is really really critical. Yeah, but the point I was trying to make though is, is too often you see is and not necessarily as much in the account based marketing, but certainly see it in sort of sales development roles. Is is some companies you know leave it into the hands of the reps to come up with the, the initial outreach messages, uh, yes, as opposed that- to treating them as sort of hey this is this is really a, a corporate thing, as you said, a team, sales and marketing, we'll talk about the alignment in just a second, they're working together, we're going to give these assets to the reps that are optimized for who they're trying to contact and let them send it out and do the follow-up, but they're not responsible for creating it. Totally agree with you. So, so and again, you know, knowing what I know, you know, and using myself as an example, you know, our marketing team develops the, those messages, works, and hands them off, to your point, to sales. So that, again, whether they are sent first by marketing and then followed up by sales or whether they are sent out by sales but created by marketing, you're absolutely right. The key is marketing is more often than not creating those messages and working in alignment with sales to get those messages into the buyer's hands. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a degree of specialization that, hey, let's play to the people's strengths and what they're, what they're really good at. And, and could be most effective. And I, and I think one of the other things that's really important to us, especially since – you see now with the account-based marketing, account-based sales, that that you're outreaching to you know a spectrum of people, including you know key decision makers, senior level people. That if you have an effective message, I, I saw some research a few months ago that's saying that actually uh, a senior level executive higher in the organization is more likely to respond than a lower level executive to a well developed business message, and so. Yeah. You know, it makes it even more important, you know, because they clearly don't get them that often. <laughs> but if you can make it, you know, compelling and catch their attention and memorable, wow, your chances of getting a response from the people you need to contact with are, are up. Yep, I think that's absolutely true. Okay, so now we touched on the fact that we have to align sales and marketing in this this effort. And And gosh, I probably have interviewed half a dozen guests at least over the last year about this topic of, of sales and marketing alignment. And yeah, account-based everything is a great, 
great spur to to make that happen in part, but but there's more than just having sort of this common goal. It seems to me like one of the things that makes this alignment so difficult is that you know you're it's not part of the culture and it's not being I don't say mandated, but it's not being it's not emanating from the top. I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Okay, go ahead. I think I think, it, I think it has to come from the top. So well, no, that's what again, I'm saying. It's it's not yeah, part of the reason it's not happening because it's not coming from the top. Right, right. So I think that when marketing and and sales are aligned, I think that there's a couple things that happen. So you know, in our organization, the uh, you know we are aligned, and and one is because we're aligned on objectives. So at the bottom of the funnel is marketing attributed revenue, and marketing owns that with sales. And if you think about the funnel, the way mm-hmm. it should work is that marketing and sales together own that funnel. Marketing is the primary owner of the top of the funnel with, with sales influence. And sales is the primary owner of the bottom of the funnel with participation by marketing. And collectively, marketing and sales own the revenue that comes out of the bottom. So it sounds, to your point, easy. You know, if you if you if you can visualize a funnel with that graphic and both teams owning the bottom of the funnel, it all sounds well and good. But in reality, as you've said many times, you know, the culture of the organization don't allow that to happen. When it works and it works well, it's great. But sometimes it, you know, it, it's it's easier said than actually done. Yeah, and my point was that the only time I've so far, and then this is, yeah. A topic which is is current, and I think a whole sub industry is developing around sales marketing alignment. But the only times I've seen it successfully implemented is, yeah, that's the direction's been set by the CEO. You know, the CEO's gotten involved, made it a priority, made it a, a culture issue for the company. Yep. Yeah, but I think the only thing I'd say is, yeah, I agree. But I think uh, the other thing that marketing and sales can do together is, you know, a CEO is pretty much always driven by revenue and by goals. And so marketing and sales together can go. And, you know, one of the things that we really recently did is we were looking for some incremental funding and the head of sales and I went together and we said, all right, here's the story. You know, here's, here's the funding we're looking for. Mm -hmm. You know, I, oh, you know, I put my hand up and said, I own the top of the funnel conversion numbers. Head of sales said, I own the bottom of of the funnel conversion numbers and collectively we own the revenue. And, and so, again, I think that it, it, I totally agree that, you know, it, it can come from the top, but marketing and sales together can push it up as well. Yeah. No, I, okay. I haven't, I haven't seen it work that well where sales and marketing take the initiative. I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen cases where, where, you know, the CEO sort of deliberately sort of cultivates this sort of creative dynamic or creative tension, if you will, between the two organizations, thinking that somehow – uh, you know, that will spur them to work even harder in order to achieve instead of realizing that's really working across purposes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things also, and I know, I know we, we're going to talk about, I mean, data and MarTech has also made this a little bit easier because data is available to track and to measure those different pieces of the funnel and the conversion numbers. So that's made it so that it becomes, you know, data is enabler to this alignment between marketing and sales. So, okay. Well, let's look in your example. So, how do you work with your sales department? What are sort of the 
you know, weekly meetings you have or regular meetings you have, the processes that you follow that enable you guys to align? Great question. So I think there's the soft and the hard, right? So the soft is the head of sales is in my office about, I, if you ask the people out in the sales board field who are out, you know, out, outside my, my office, mm -hmm. they would say, we spend an awful lot of time in each other's offices, which is which is sort of the the visual of these two groups are aligned. Sure, um, it's less to me about meetings, and it's more about constant interaction and pushing on each other. It doesn't mean we always agree, but sort of pushing on, giving complete open and transparency to the marketing budget and what we're spending on that budget, and how effective that is in terms of of delivering into into the into the sales funnel. So that's one piece. So I think it, it is a cultural piece. I think it is an alignment piece. But then I think what's critical to that is to have the real uh, technology and martech tools to be able to actually see what's going on and to measure what's going on, so that you're not talking anecdotally, but you're really talking in terms of data, in terms of conversion rates, and in terms of of delivery against objectives. Mm -hmm. So. Again, not to get too down in the weeds on this, but but when uh, you know when you take over a new account, or let's say you you target a new account, excuse me, is so how do you how do you work then to say okay, with sales, this is the messaging that we need to have for this this prospect. This is how we see things sort of unfolding. I mean, how do how do they and you work together on that? Great question. So, so on the AVM, I'd actually, I'd, I'd actually spin it back a little farther, which is, I actually think it's critical for critical for marketing and sales to pick the counts together. So, if you're doing okay. ABM, a lot of the work is around which are the right accounts to target, and we call that the art of the start because we think that, in fact, that's one of the things that is really critical to gaining alignment to get to the messaging point. One of the things that we've seen consistently is that there are an awful lot of organizations that go straight to execution. And when you go straight to execution, then you haven't done the upfront piece, and unfortunately, that sometimes leads to, uh, you know, account-based marketing that is not as successful as you'd like. So, so yeah, from us... It, and it, you, leads, to, it you, leads to sales. <laughs> I mean, sales it, just selling without... Yeah, it's not account-based. It's it, just traditional yeah. sales, right? Exactly. So, so what we do is we actually use our own products, and we do um, what we call the upfront section to look at what do we think are the best accounts to go after, um, marketing does that through a segmentation, looking at looking at most most successful accounts, and then looking for lookalikes. Coming up with a whole bunch of variables to actually say these are the types of accounts or these are the accounts that we should go after. However, that's the quantitative piece of it. There's also a qualitative piece, which is really important, and we've found is really really important to align top sales management and or executive management. So you know the. The analysis may say one thing, but at the end of the day, there are there are reps that are going to be able to grab a hold of this and, and successfully execute on it. And then there are others that may not. So what we do is we do this analysis and we do this segmentation, but then we sit down with sales and we say, okay, here are some of the accounts that we think quantitatively make sense to go after. Then the, the head of sales will say, all right, well, uh, this one, I like this one, don't I like this one's in the account that could influence this one has a sales rep that's hard is having a hard time expanding the account or whatever and collectively we align with sales to decide that these are the accounts that we're going to go after one of the things that's very important to, to, to understand and to acknowledge is that a 
account-based marketing is incredibly resource intensive Mm -hmm. from both a marketing standpoint and a sales standpoint. So you have to be very, very, very effective at deciding, you know, are we going to go after, how many accounts are we going to go after? How many do we have resources for? And, and you have to have both marketing and sales sort of holding hands and saying, these are the top, top priority ones because they're going to take a lot of resources to go after. And it takes a long time. We're not going to be able to turn this around in, you know, in a month or two. It really is an, a, an, a longer effort that requires quite a bit of resources. So how often do you do that? How often do you go through this process? Um, I think that it, it depends. I think it depends on what the sales cycle is. I think it depends on what your strategic imperatives are. Are you going after current accounts? Are you going after prospect accounts? So you're looking to expand accounts. Are you looking to get net new business? I think a lot of it depends on that, what your strategy is, and then you know how long it's going to take to influence the account. Okay. So, sure. All good answers. So, I'm just thinking for people listening to this, sort of thinking, okay, what sort of cadence do we need to have between sales and marketing to sort of be on touch of identifying a new accounts and so on? But you know, in your case, is it do you just normally do that quarterly? You're doing it semi-annually, monthly? We're doing it on a pretty consistent basis. So the cadence is that we actually have a ongoing ABM team meeting, and we essentially go through it with you know what are the things that we're doing, what are the initiatives, how how is what's going on with these different accounts. Um, and it really is an alignment between marketing and sales, and the cadence is is pretty consistent. So I think that if you don't keep it going on an ongoing basis and you sort of do it periodically and you look at it once a, once a quarter, I, I think the likelihood of your success is less than than if you if you keep it top of mind. And you know it is a resource intensive uh, tactic, and so I think keeping it on on track is really important. And I think the other thing, which is absolutely critical, is to make sure that you've got the data. Support um, how you're doing with with the with the with the account based program, right? So it's implicit in what you're saying, though, which is sort of interesting. I'm sure other people might have caught on to this listening is is that and it makes perfect sense. Is that it is resource heavy, and so yes. ABM. So so when you're constrained, then that means that there are you're making a decision that some accounts you're going to sell to using account based strategies. And others, you're going to use your conventional strategies. Yes, I think that's absolutely true. And I think, you know, I don't think uh, moving entirely to an account-based program is is realistic. I think that having parallel paths and the combination of some target account-based approach and then standard demand-gen customer marketing is exactly what most companies are doing. Yeah, but it does raise the question that that there probably are some accounts that could benefit from being sold through an account-based approach, but through resource constraints and so on, you're just not able to do it. Exactly. So what have you seen in terms of, maybe it's too soon based on the implementation, but what are you seeing relative to... Uh, you know, relative close rates between those that are being sold through an account-based approach versus those of, you know, roughly equivalent size and opportunity being sold through your conventional sales process? So it's a great question. We've had actually a customer that actually uh, has has done a lot of work for us because we've seen them um, essentially be successful, which is, you know, the dream of a marketer to have a customer testing about how your product has really, you know, increased growth and ROI. So that's, that's the best news that we've had from our own standpoint. You know, we've been doing this for a relatively short amount of time, so we haven't seen the results yet, but we're, we're anticipating uh, being able to, you know, make some claims for our own internal program. And again, for us, we've got an internal program, and then we have a product that is helping 
others do the same thing. Sure. But I think in general, just sort of summing that part up is, is the expectation would be that we should have higher close rates on account-based prospects or prospects yes, are using I mean, with account-based selling versus those that were not. Absolutely. Absolutely. Assumption, as you said previously, was, you know, you're getting the right message to the right person at the right time to drive growth and improved close rates. Yeah. So I'm just sort of envisioning a scenario now where, where sales reps are basically, you know, making their case to senior management that this account, this prospect, maybe someone they've been dealing with for a little while, but maybe haven't completely engaged with, but trying to make the case that they need to be included in that program. I think that's when you know you're being successful. Yeah. When, when, you've got, when, when you've got a sales rep putting their arm up and saying, I want marketing's help. Yeah, no, I want that's, to be in the account-based program. You know, it's a it's a competition. That's when you know that you've really been successful um, from a from a cultural and from a and really from a from an effect standpoint. Yeah, no, I agree. I was I was sort of smiling as I was saying that because that that sort of starts becoming sort of a logical conclusion. You you sort of draw if it's really working, then yeah, I <laughs> I want to be in that program. I want exactly. I want to be working those prospects that are in that program. I don't want to be on my own about here. I want, I want to work with marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Then, you know, then, then you know we've been successful. Yeah. I think that's that's a great example. Okay, so another topic we're going to touch on, we don't have a ton of time to get into it, but is uh, talking about data-driven sales. And I think you would use the, the term true data-driven sales. So what are true data-driven sales? So, so I think that data sort of, permeates everything in business today, right? So, mm-hmm. so you know, I, you know, I'm a marketer. So when I think about how marketing has changed, you know, you asked me for my background. I didn't tell you sure. I've been doing this for a really long time, but I have been. And, and when I think about the real dramatic changes in marketing over the last, you know, honestly, 10 years, 20 years, you know, the, the, the effect that data has had on marketing, the growth of digital marketing, which is highly, highly analytical and, and, and database, data-driven, right. you know, has, has really changed the way marketers market. I would say the same is true for sales, right? So sales, you know, no sales leader could succeed, no salesperson could succeed without being data-driven and using data to drive their revenue growth. Right. So, so I think that the question is, you know, how do, how do they, how do salespeople use that data and the insight from data's data to effectively drive growth? That's the question that I think is, is most pertinent right now. Okay. So let's answer that question to the extent that we can is, is, I mean, just listening to you talk on that, I was just thinking back to uh, a company I was talking to last week that, gosh, been in business for, Hundred years, uh, market leader, market share in their industry, which is a fairly good sized industry. Uh, Sixty-two salespeople, and I've never had a CRM system. What? <laughs> and, and I don't think they're as unusual as we all have convinced ourselves that they are. And I, uh, that's that's the thing. So. I said the same thing. I said, what? I said, what's your big initiative for 2017? It's like, well, we're getting a CRM system for the first time. So, (laughs) 
yeah, I, I think your, your statement before is absolutely right. I think successful salespeople that have access to data use it to you know increase their their levels of their performance. But um, gosh, it still seems like we have you know broad swaths of 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 companies that aren't aren't even using the data they do have access, even if they do have a CRM system. It's it's it seems hard to get management to really use it in the way it should be used. So, so I think there's two things going here. One is just, and I think you're absolutely true. It is absolutely true that, you know, there is a lot of data and the use of data is really critical, but, you know, sort of figuring out how to use the data, gain the insights and use it to drive growth is, is, is and continues to be a big challenge. So there's a ton of data out there um, and understanding how to use it to drive growth. And then to the second piece, because I, you know, my favorite subject is marketing and sales alignment, Mm -hmm. how to use data to align marketing and sales to get to the marketing attributed revenue on the bottom of the funnel. Those those to me are very, very critical. Um, Now, that being said, I, 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 I'm still shaking my head at your, you know, at at your (laughs) comment that there are, there are companies out there that aren't using data. I think in this day and age, um, I would think that those are in the minority, but I could be wrong. I mean, again, your, you know, your example, you know, is, is, is a real one. And I'm not saying that there aren't marketing, there aren't organizations out there that aren't using data, but I think most organizations are. The question is how much data, how sophisticated, what's their MarTech um, and their technology, you know, uh, use, and then how do they effectively take those insights and that data to, to optimize what they're doing from a growth standpoint and from a revenue standpoint. Well, I think that, I think the difference is, and I think this is where you know, for somebody out there, here's here's sort of the opportunity is is a lot of companies have CRM systems. There's a fair amount of debate about you know what the real penetration rate is and whether you're measuring penetration by those who own it or those who actually use it. You know, a separate a separate story. But what what I see, especially in smaller, mid-sized companies, is that you know that data is being used to. It has more of an inward focus, right? More of an internal focus. This is this is how sales is doing, as opposed to these are the customers we should be calling on. <laughs> this is the messaging they need. You know, the data that can help drive more sales, as opposed to serve. Sort of, it's so it's more forward-looking as opposed to rear rear-facing. And I think. Yeah, and I- and I think that's yeah, I think that's where the big the big divide is right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, can't can't answer that question without saying what. Yeah, you know, that's really one of the things that our our product does. So so whether so you, can, you know yeah, what, you, you can promote your product, that's fine. <laughs> I'm a marketer. I have to. <laughs> so 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 in fact, that is you know one of the things that our product can be used for in terms of and we have multiple products we've got the one source platform we've got data vision which is um, a second product that allow that allows you to essentially use your data in combination with our data to really go after and segment what the key and top priority accounts are mm-hmm. so so I think that again whether it's you know whether it's it's within your martech stack or not I think it's it's certainly a product and an offering that can help Marketing departments and sales departments be more effective and target the right accounts. Right. Okay. Well, great. Well, all right. So, Vicky, we're in the last segment of the show. I've got standard questions to ask all my guests. And the first one is a hypothetical scenario. Actually, I've posed this to nearly 400 guests now. So, 
the question is, in this scenario, you've just been hired as a VP of sales by a company whose sales have stalled out. CEO is anxious to get a sales turnaround going, hit the reset button, make it happen. So your first week on the job, what two things could you do that would have the biggest impact? Well, I'm sure this won't surprise you, but the first one is to is to align with marketing. Um, so the first one, the first one yeah. would be to walk two doors down and sit in your CMO's office and really understand uh, how to drive alignment. Okay. So that that would be one. Um, and then the second one um, is just an important and probably more important, which is to get out and talk to customers. So those are my two. The second one would be really understand what your customers are looking for, what their needs are, sure. what they like about you, what they don't like about you. Really understand the core customer um, and understand you know how you're doing against that customer. Okay. So do you ever get a chance to make customer calls? Absolutely. Okay. It's one of my favorite things. Do. All right. So when you're out selling, what's your most powerful sales attribute? In terms of our product? No, in terms of you personally. Oh, in terms of me personally. Yeah. My 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 biggest attribute is listening to customers and really trying to get underneath what their needs are so that we can figure out how we can meet those needs. So really understanding the customer, really listening to the customer, okay. understanding what the drivers are. That, that we can connect with and build a relationship from. All right. So do you have a sales role model? Do I have a sales role model? Um, uh, my sales role model is actually the CEO of my company, um, mm-hmm. Steve Pogorzelski, who is without a doubt, um, I've worked for him at two companies, and he is the absolute best salesperson that I've ever seen, really because he absolutely exemplifies what I just said. He understands customers. He puts the center, the customer at the core of everything we do. In fact, our number one value as a company is the passion for the customer. We actually give an award out every single month um, for all of our values, but specifically for the person that best exemplifies passion for the customer. So I think he is an incredible role model that not only walks the walk, talks the talk, but in fact, drives the, the values for our company okay. um, around the customer. All right. So in your recommendation, what would be one book you'd recommend every salesperson read? Oh, that's a great question. Um, that's a really great question. Um, the default answer is I, you can't I, think of a response or one of my books, but that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling because I'm not sure if it's sale. It's a sales book. Well, that's fine. Uh, that's what it, I'm, go ahead, give it out. It doesn't have to yeah, be a sales I book. Just, it could be any book. Uh, you know what? I, that one I'm just going to have to. I'm going to do a pass song because okay. I, I, I give a little more thought to that one. All right. So, last question: What music is on your playlist these days? Um, country. Country. All okay. country. All and country. Favorite artist? Um, I would say. Uh, Luke Bryan at the moment. Luke Bryan at the moment. Okay. He's good. He's good. All right. Well, good. Well, Vicki, thanks for being on the show. And tell folks how they can find out more about Avention and connect with you. www.avention.com um, is the best place to get information. And then I am always available on LinkedIn. You can reach out to me, connect with me, and um, I can send you to anybody else in our organization that you want to speak to, or I'm happy to speak to any customer, potential customer, or anyone that would like to talk about any of these subjects. Oh, excellent. Well, good. Well, great offer. Well, again, thanks for being on the show. And friends, thank you for spending time with us today. 
Remember to make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And easy way to do that is to join my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Vicki Godfrey, who shared her expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks again for joining me. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.